What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane. I appreciate you guys being with me today. Um, I kind of held off on doing a podcast for a few days because I couldn't find a specific topic to do. And I don't like to just talk randomly to you guys, even though I'm sure I can finagle something cool and leave you with something to like, you know, experience your week. I like to have some general kind of topic and then, you know, have it something I can title and use adequately. But that's not how things always go. And I think in search of a title, one kind of appeared. And this is, I guess, more personally therapeutic, but that's kind of how a lot of these podcasts are. So I hope you guys don't don't mind it. Um, I think we all have situations in our lives that recycle. We have lessons that we're supposed to learn. It could be don't trust everybody. We all know people who are too trusting of people. You know, you meet people immediately and you just let them come into your circle, come into your space, and then they they hurt you because they didn't earn the right to come into your space. We know I have a few friends like that. And they're like, I can't believe they would do that to me. It's like, you don't know that person at all. Like, of course, they had the capacity to do it. They, they're a new person. And even people you know well can hurt you. But that's kind of a thing. Or people who are too pessimistic and who are too closed off to people. And so they kind of put themselves in a box. Whereas they like, forget everybody. No one's cool and I don't like anybody. It's like, yeah, but that's a hard way to live too. Sometimes you got to open up a little bit to let people in, right? These are more general. Neither of these is me either. These are just general things that I think people I know experience and there's a that's a lesson that kind of keeps reoccurring in their life and they haven't really got a grasp of it yet and they kind of keep making the same mistakes i have a couple of these that keep coming back i think my biggest one is i am i'm a dude that has some version of a guy complex not necessarily like a doctor because you know doctors are literally controlling lives they're bringing people back and you know they're they're playing on that line. I, I'm a trainer. <laughs> the most I can do is help you look good in your casket or, you know, live longer. I don't, that's not the, the lane I live in. But I do believe that I can help people. That's really the inception of this podcast. And I think it's helped some people and some of the things they've gone through. People have given me feedback. So on some level, the feeling is justified. Like I'm not just talking like, oh, I can change the world. And people are like, no, you haven't done anything. I think some of it works. But in my day-to-day life, I think I can, I don't want to say fix because that's not necessarily the case. I think I can help sometimes just through perspective. But yeah, sometimes fixes, I guess, the case too. And I have a habit of trying to help people and fix people who maybe don't, I can't say don't deserve to be helped, but maybe the likelihood of them being helped is low. So it's almost like, I think I've mentioned this before, when I went to school and I was going through my grad school program and I was doing marriage and family therapy or addictive studies or I don't know what the third one was, maybe like general counseling. And I chose not to do addicting studies because I know what the rates of addiction are. Like People are addicted, man. They can be clean for a long time and just any smell or any trauma can just completely send them back and you can undo all the good work you've done 
And I think that would be devastating to the ego, one, and then also to the person because you get invested in the person. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've been sober for 212 days and then they go home and then they get fired and then their significant other leaves and then they just spiral out of control and now they're back exactly where they were 200 days earlier. It's as if nothing good happened. I didn't. I couldn't live with that failure rate, and so I I didn't want to go that track. But in real life, I kind of do it. I end up being in that space some some other way, and it's a it's a it's a humbling thing. Like it's always like I'm trying to figure out a puzzle. I think most things in life are puzzled in some way. And this is the same reason why I moved out here. This is why I just started this podcast. That's why I'm getting my brand off the ground. It's just, I don't know how it all fits together. I just believe it's going to fit together for good. And so my job is to find the pieces and then assemble the pieces to do the most good. That's essentially what my life day-to-day operations are like. Um, Even for workouts, I want to lose weight, okay? What's your timetable? What are your contraindications, which are just things you should not do or things you can't do because of injuries or blood pressure, whatever? What are your contraindications? What are these? And you get your whole list. And then what's the best puzzle piece combination to put together to make this thing look the way it's supposed to look? And then you make what you would deem to be the most effective workout program and you move forward. That's essentially what I do. But in real life, the same thing happens. And it's you're talking to someone, you're dealing with someone who you know mm, the chance of, you know, this not working out is, is high. So X, Y, and Z didn't work last time. Let's try, you know, T U W or whatever to like move it another way. And you just you just rack your brain trying to figure out new ways to help someone, even though I think on some level, you know, it's not going to work out. And my issue is not just that part, trying to help someone who maybe is not worthy of being helped. It's that I don't know when to, like, pull out. Like, when to take my energy away from it. Because, again, and this is this is, this is the thing, my thought is always, what if I pull out right before I'm about to make the turn? Right, Maybe I had to go all the way back to CBA before I found the right combination to actually make it work. And I stopped at you know, FED or something. Like I stopped right before the breakthrough. And even if I get to CBA, I'm like, well, we start dealing with numbers <laughs> and like integers and other like mathematical terms to like just keep going until we f- figure out the combination. And the, the idea that I can help people and that I have the code somehow embedded in my brain, just I don't know how to figure it out. It's hard to just relinquish that and be like, all right, maybe you don't have to code. Maybe you can't help people. Maybe you just got to let this go. And that's probably ego for a lot of it. I'll be honest about that. And as a dude, you know, ego is tantamount to a lot of what we are. And part of it also is maybe there's like that 5% success rate in there and that you use that as a rationalization to just keep doing it right it's like that dude so i mentioned i'm not a dm hollerer dude i don't know what they're called 
there's probably a term. I'm not social savvy. There's dudes who just shoot jumpers on social media, DM status, pulling up 35, Steph Curry. You know what it is. And I'm sure they strike out a significant amount of times. I'm going to go and say they maybe get one out of 10. And that's probably being nice. Let's say one out of 20. Let's make it around 5%. So when they get that one who's like, Oh my God, thank you for liking my picture. And dude's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just go out and do some. And she's like, okay, let's do it. And then they go out and then, like, you know, things pop off. Then he could always say to his boys, man, what you doing? Those, you doing these DMs, man? DMs don't work. They worked a couple nights ago with Alex. And then you're like, oh, yeah, it did. But they could also say, yeah, what about the other 19 times it didn't work? <laughs> like, mathematically, dude, you're this is failure. You would be in the not even in the D-League. You'd be at the YMCA playing ball, shooting one for 20. But if you have a kind of a perception built into your head, then that 5% success feels more weighted than a 95% of failure. So I think I'd do some version of that in my own life where every blue moon, you'll stick it out with someone. You stick it out with somebody. You keep going. You keep going. And they'll turn a corner and they'll be super closed off to you and resistant and then they say, you know what, man? I know you've been trying to help me. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being difficult and resistant to what you were trying to do. I think you were right about a lot of things, and I'm, I'm working to make it better. And uh, I have you to thank for that. And it's like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> like, it's powerful. It's is. It's more powerful than the other failures. And so then you get into the question of, is it worth it to have that one highlight for all those failures? Is it worth it? I don't know. It's a valid question. Up to this point in my life, I've told myself it is. Um, But as I'm getting older and I feel like that's, I feel like I'm in a moment like that now. I feel like I'm I feel randomly young and my age at the same time, which is relatively young, but like I feel older and young at the same time. It's a weird space to be in. But I realize the amount of energy I have for people and for problems and for those kind of things is lessening. I think when I was younger and I had more vigor and more fight that I was willing to like stick out a four month essential therapy situation to maybe it pop off and now i'm, I'm kind of like listen i'll try i'll try it's not going that way <sighs> all right hey sorry i just don't i don't got the juice for it anymore and i don't know if this is wisdom kicking in or just age <laughs> i don't know if it's just fatigue i get mentally fatigued by uh, by people now more than I used to, I think. But I'm, I still want to help. And so that's a new paradigm that I'm in. Whereas, like, up to this point in my life, I've been the dude who, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances guy. Because I'm thinking on chance eight, you won't betray again. And then we can move forward. And we won't even have to talk about the chances that you had before. I'm not, I'm not petty in that regard to be like... Well, you know, I could have let you ride at chance number seven, but you know, 
I gave you that eighth, and now look at it. I'm not that dude. Um, but I think my energy is coming down for it. It's almost like I expect people to just be better. I say it all the time. I say it on podcasts. I say it in real life. It was <laughs> on Instagram. It was, you know, the little bio. We have your name and then like a little tidbit about you. For a long time, mine was just be better. <laughs> hey, man, just be better. And that's so inclusive of life that you can apply it to everything. Just be a better son, be a better wife, kid, worker, a better person. Just be better. We all can be better. And so it was one of those blanket statements that is hard to refute. Because even if you're a tremendous in one field, there's something you're not good at. So just be better at that. You can apply it however you want. And I think it's so simple. It's succinct. It's got a little alliteration to it. I'm, I'm a fan of it. Just be better. Be better. But that's why I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point now where it's like, how many times have you stuck your neck out for someone, put your energy out there, and only to feel exhausted and depleted after the fact? And the only nourishment you get is an occasional semi-fill-up. Hey, thanks for that. Thanks. I got enough energy just to get back into the fight. You never fully fill back up. And so you're depleting from yourself to try to fill up others, which means that you're never going to be full. And so on some level, I'm always taken away from myself. But I do get satisfaction from other people doing well. And so maybe this is self-destructive more than it is helpful to others in the long term. But as a young person, you very rarely consider long-term effects. That's why we can stay up and party till four and then work at six and not worry about the fact that we maybe got a 30-minute sleep in before we took a shower and put clothes on and go to work. It's fine. I could be up for 36 straight hours. Young. It's fine. That's not how the body's designed to work. <laughs> any doctor can tell you that. Any, re- any reasonable person can tell you that's not how life works. You just do it. But then you get to a certain age, and I don't drink, so this doesn't affect me. But I have friends now, two glasses of wine. That's, that's a wrap. The next day, oh, man, messed up. Like, what happened? I drink wine. I'm like, I was there with you. You had two glasses. They weren't even well poured. It was just, oh, I can't handle it like I used to. <laughs> it, just, it just sounds old. It just sounds old. So that's that's one of the lessons that I think I'm making a turn on being better at. I have many lessons I have to learn. Most of them involve women. But there are others. And this is one of them because this is not just a woman thing. This is a family thing. This is a friend thing where it's a constant kind of reaching out thing. I'm I'm in a I'm in a weird space, and I'll even go deeper because I know you guys are like, why are you being vague, Chris? Go deeper. Um, so like my 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 oldest my older brother my older brother is um he's back in our hometown. Now he was locked up for a little bit. He's out now. Uh, we're happy to have him out. I hope he stays out long enough for me to go visit, uh, especially until Christmas because usually that's when all my family comes in. And I have a giant family on my mom's side. 
like seven aunts and uncles and I don't know, let's just say 35 cousins and that's probably a low number. Plus the my siblings, it's like four of us too. So it's a lot of people. And, you know, my grandma's getting older. Our granddad already passed, so we don't have you no know, each holiday, each Christmas with her is important because you know, you never know how things go. Like my granddad was healthy, had like a dresser fall on him, and then a few months later was dead. It was like he wasn't some sickly person, it's just things kinda of went sideways. Um so my my brother's out and I'm happy for that. He's you know, he's been a repeat offender before. And so part of me thinks that it's inevitable that he's gonna go back. That's like the logic side of it, you know? If you have four priors and you're applying for a job, it's hard to be like, oh, okay, cool. You seem like you're on up and up now. Some people's histories do matter. And I'm not an employer like that, but I understand why they wouldn't hire someone. And so at a certain point, if you're not going to get hired, you're not making money, but you want to live in society, how do you adapt? You tend to do things that are illegal, and then things you do enough illegal stuff for long enough, you go back to jail. And especially when you already have a record, you know all the bad places to be, all the bad places to go. And so it seems logically that he may end up back there. But this is hoping against hope, and this is praying that it doesn't happen because I would like to establish some kind of relationship with him in our adult years. But that's not why I brought it up. I brought it up because he has two children who we don't really know. He met his daughter when she was like maybe six months old. Um, I'm saying his daughter like is separate from us. Like I met my niece when she was like six months old. And we never met his, my nephew. And I hadn't even seen the niece. I've never seen a nephew. But I hadn't seen her. And I'm going to say eight to ten years. It's been a minute. I don't even remember the time we actually saw her. She was legit a baby. She couldn't even talk yet. And I guess he had a son a few years later. And I guess saw a, a picture of them recently because I didn't know how to get in contact with him. While he was locked up, we don't have access to the baby mom. And I saw pictures of them recently, and it was like, like she's a full like girl now. She's got to begin close to middle school already. And it's like, what? And this thing, she looks like him, but like a small girl version of it. And it was. And him and I looked the most alike of, of our siblings, so it was like it was weird just like seeing. Her. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's like growing up, and she already she looks like she's spoiled, <laughs> but that's fine because that's spoiled Anastasia." So, but it was it was a weird it was weird to see, but also like like it melted me a little bit that how many moments have we missed that she doesn't even know who we are. Thank God, and I'm just not kidding, I'm saying this. Thank God for social media in this one respect that because he's now on social media because he's out and he's connected to them, you know, even even loosely through like posts and all that, we get to be connected as well. Because now I can see her and kind of, I mean, it sounds weird to keep tabs, but see what's going on in her life. I don't know her life. I never have. And she could see us and like, oh, that's my dad's brothers or my uncles. That's cool. Oh, I have an aunt. That's cool. Oh, she has kids. I got cousins. That's dope. And I want to help my brother as much as I can. Um, 
what he wants, I just can't provide. He just wants money just to just live his life. I don't have money to live my life. I have enough to get by, a little bit saved up, and not homeless. Bills are paid. That's where, that's where I'm at in my life. Um, to do what he would want me to do would require me to be on some ball in this stuff, which I plan on getting to. I'm just not there yet. But I fear that if we don't approach that, you know, relatively soon, then again, that, that darkness will kick back in. And then he'll be led to the bad side, and then he'll be out again. And then when he's out again, we may not have continued access to his kids, which really are, I think, the most important part going forward. Like, my brother's in his 30s. Like, it's, you know, if he keeps making mistakes and locks himself up, then at some point you can't keep feeling sorry for somebody. But the kids, they haven't done anything wrong. They were just born. And for them not to know us, our side of the family, it's kind of like it's depressing in and of itself because they don't live that far from the rest of my family. We're maybe a few hours away, and they just don't even know. Or if they do know, it's like, oh, yeah, you got family, but don't worry about them. And it's a lot of people who would give a lot to be in their lives and do all that stuff. But we kind of need him to be on up and up. Because he's the conduit for the rest of us. He's the bridge. He's the, hey, let me get my life together so I can show my baby moms so then the kids can be around me so then my kids can be around the rest of my family. And so I've been trying to rack my brain about how to help him and how to like make that situation smoother and cleaner. I don't know the answers to it. Like I don't know what, I mean, other than being some dope entrepreneur, any job is going to be entry level. It's just because you can't get some high-end job with, you know, real priors on you. And I don't know how you go from the life of, let me make a quick, you know, few hundred a G in a, in a day or so to, you know, 600 biweekly. And that's if you're full-time. A lot of these jobs, is, I think the minimum wage in Florida is like, nine dollars an hour right 40 hours a week minus four is 360 plus minus taxes maybe three so 315 so yeah maybe 630 every two weeks that's not <laughs> that's not real money in Gainesville you can actually live off that because the city's not expensive but that's enough to just get by and I don't know too many people who go from that criminal whatever life who can, who can live a regular life and feel like they're not missing out on something. And so I want to help them, but I don't know if I can. But actually, more accurately, I don't know if I'll succeed. I'll try, but I don't know if I'll succeed. And it's rare to go into a situation not knowing if you can make it or not. It's, it's almost like going into a fight thinking you're going to get beat up, which I don't do. I mean, if I'm going, if I'm fighting somebody, I think I'm going to win the fight. But hook or by crook, <laughs> if I got to pull a, a Craig on Friday and pick up a brick and do like, I'm going to find a way. That's my thought. Now, I may get knocked out. Who knows? I'm not going to go in there thinking I'm going to get knocked out, though. That's just what happened. But my plan in my brain was perfect. <laughs> then things went sideways. Um, 
And so I've been just kind of racking my brain. We talked to my other brother, um, and I don't think he has really a plan either. I don't think anyone does. It's hard. It's a hard situation to be in. No one's really experienced this before. I think the easiest plan is probably going to the military, just because I know they, you know, you get a stipend, you get some discipline, and then having military and record probably cancels out some of the priors. But I don't think he's a conformist in the way he needs to be to be a good military person. So this is what's it has been on my mind. It's been racking my brain a lot of the week to the point where I'm not as focused in my real life. But again, I have a life to live, too. I have things I should be doing for myself. I got to refill my own energy pools that I lose every time I give pieces of myself to people, each client, each interaction, each coworker, like each you know, woman I talk like there's pieces of me leaving each time. And I need to replenish those, but I also need to give it out because I need to try to help. And it's, this is the tightrope I'm going back and forth on. And I don't want to repeat the mistake. Like I did at one point, like I sent my other brother when he was not in jail, I sent just sent him money. Yo, I need money, man. Mom doesn't make enough and yada yada. I don't wanna I don't wanna do anything criminal. Alright, cool, I'm gonna send you money weekly. And then a month or two later, he's in jail. And I was like, Well, so I guess throwing money at the problem is not the thing. But I saw someone once who doesn't have it. And so I learned from that part. Not going to just send you a blank check. Here's a thousand dollars. Don't burn. Don't burn it. What are you going to do? Clothes, shoes, jewelry, floss on the gram. Cool. That's a mistake. Hey man, let me put you in contact with this dude to get you a job. I ain't trying to work for this person. All right, that didn't work. And so it's just been. So I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, um, and maybe more than I should. This is basically who I who I am. I do this for my whole thing. I've mentioned to you guys before, the main reason, one of the main reasons I want to be successful in this entertainment endeavor is one, because I think it's my destiny or I guess my fully actualized self. And we all know the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? So it's, I think that's the version of myself that's the most complete as the biggest platform to disseminate the things I believe and things I think and help people. It's also the biggest chance to put my, what I think are innate and, you know, special talents and gifts on display for the people and be seen and be monetized. And then that monetization can trickle down to the family and be able to take care of situations that the last however many years of their lives have led them to for everybody, my mom, dad, siblings, all that stuff. This is the whole plan. It's like my fully actualized self benefits the whole family. That's essentially, in a nutshell, what I believe. So that's, that's something that needs to keep being pursued. And in that actualization, I've also believed that if I don't do it, then it won't be done. I don't see anyone else that can do, I don't think anyone else has the tools to do all the things I can do. And maybe that's some arrogance. Sure, I can I can accept that. It may also be true, but it could also be arrogant. And so I believe if I don't, 
it will not be done. And so I'm putting the pressure on myself to get it done without knowing exactly a way to do it. And I know I just kind of repeated myself, but I'm kind of speaking and letting it kind of flow. So I'm sorry if it got repetitive. That wasn't really my intent, but I was trying to think it through because these have just been in my head this whole time. It's, I haven't had a chance to put it out there to the people. So I wanted to let it just flow and hopefully it would lead to some direction or some epiphany. It did not. <laughs> um, did not figure it out talking to you guys. However, I think I was honest about a lot of the speed bumps in trying to pursue it and even reflective about what my role in all this is. I think there's a reason why I'm here and why I've been allowed to be where I am. And I mean that not necessarily just locationally. I mean like mentally. I, was, I told someone recently, um, my client Josh, and you can catch Josh on Manifest on NBC. I don't know what night the show's on, but he's the, he's the main character. Josh is a dope dude. I, I tried to get him on the podcast before he went back to taping, but he's a busy man. But that would have been dope. Anywho, I was talking to Josh, and I told him that I think my life has favor on it or that I'm favored. And he hadn't heard the expression before because he's you know, that's something that we say in our community. But I said, I got favor on me. And I always have. And it's not something I did to deserve it. It's just people see some light and they put some favor on me. And they protected me from situations that I could have got caught up in. And they you know, led me in good directions and they reached out to me when they didn't have to. I don't believe that was accidental. I don't believe that was just fortuitous. I think it was all for a bigger situation, which is where I am now, to pursue that bigger, to then help everyone else out. So I'm following, I'm following that guidance. And if at some point I think that's not the case, then we'll keep going down the alphabet and figure out the right puzzle pieces to make it work. But at this point in time, I think this is where I should be. And so I'm going to keep you guys posted on how that goes. It will be amazing at some point. I have to like travel home at some point, but it'll be amazing to actually get him on the podcast, my brother. And if I get to be around my niece and nephew, then you will certainly see pictures on social media. And I'm not even a social media dude, but I will definitely be it for that because that's moments that I don't know if that's a, a one-off or if that will be just the genesis of a bunch of moments. I know where my sister kids are going to be, so I I still post them. It was AJ's birthday today. Shout out to my nephew, AJ, my sister's firstborn. This is his fifth birthday today. I can't believe he's five. Oh, my God. I remember holding him in the hospital when he went and drank from a bottle. And everyone people around me like her husband my mom were all like oh he's not drinking he's so undersized and then he I said give me a chance as if I'm not a baby whisperer but I have worked in the daycare before and um he he drank from his bottle he drank the whole bottle he was so cool with me I just held him and he drank the whole thing and there's a picture of it on social media you can find it 
And he just crushed it. And they were like, he hasn't drank like all day. And then he just, he was so at ease with you. And I don't know if that's just like we have an uncle nephew situation or he just was tired from crying and was refusing to drink all day. But it was a really awesome moment. And it's something that lives on. Because I wasn't in the hospital for Antonio or Anastasia, so I was, but I was there for him. So, however, I got sidetracked. I was had a had a real moment for a second. If I get to see my new my other niece and nephew, then you guys will see the pictures. I'm gonna fawn over them. I'm obviously try to spoil them because I think that's my role as an uncle. And hopefully, we figure everything out. I think we're going to. That's my plan going into the fight. If I get knocked out, I'll let you guys know that as well. As always, thank you guys for listening. I think this was mostly a rant and more of a mental exercise than it was therapeutic. But if you're going through a similar situation or if you can glean anything from this, then I hope you do so. And tell your friends, post, repost, hit me up in the comment sections, all that good stuff. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time. Deuces.